In your Bible, the book of Matthew, please, this morning. I wonder today, is in, in, in speaking to you, I wonder if Jesus would be accused of being politically correct. And I wonder, since we gathered in the church building, of which he's the head, I wonder if he wants us to be politically correct or biblically correct. You know, we got to be, we must be extremely cautious today because what the devil's propagating, it sure sticks to us real good. Amen? And so I thought since this was the month of evangelism, of trying to reach out to people to share with them the gospel of the Lord Jesus, I thought it might be good that we just uh, learn some things from God's Word. Matthew chapter number 7, and I read for you just a few verses, and I'm looking at the clock, and it's, it's 11.30. I'll be done by 11.31. Thereabout. I'd like to take up reading in verse number 13 of Matthew 7. And Jesus is uh, finalizing, concluding, probably one of the most powerful sermons ever to be preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus takes his 12 disciples and intently and uh, and minutely teaches them the things that they're going to have to embrace if they're going to be obedient to him when he leaves and goes back to heaven. Now these words are not just good for the disciples. These are eternal words, living words, God-breathed words, and they're just as pertinent today as they were when Jesus spoke them literally on the Mount of Olives. And he says to us, enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raven wolves. You know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? So even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. 
A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many. How many were on the broad road? Many. How many went in the broad gate? Many. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came. The winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. They still are. Because his doctrine don't fit our political correctness. His doctrine does not fit the broad road of destruction. People are still astonished how narrow Jesus really was. Talked about a narrow way. He talked about the only way. He talked about he is the way and there's no other way. And then the Bible concludes, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Uh, Father, today we thank you for the day. We thank you for the word. We thank you for everybody that's here today. Lord, we know it's no accident we've gathered in this place at this particular time. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we try to endeavor to open uh, the word of God. And Lord, may the spirit of God open the heart and the mind and the understanding of everybody that's here today. Because we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Life, as you know, is filled with decisions. 
Some of you decided to get up this morning and come to church. You had to make a decision whether to take a shower or a bath or not. The last one was stink. It's an amazing thing to me. Many has to make decisions every single day of what to wear. For some it's little and for others it's nothing. Many of you had to make a decision today on which vehicle you drove to church. Many of you have to make the decision today of who's driving. Many of you made the decision today of coming to church or going to the hobby. For instance, today, we are living in a day of choices. When I was a kid, you bought a vehicle. It was either white or black. Ice cream was chocolate or vanilla. Now it takes you 30 minutes to order a hamburger. You want it rare or well done. Mayonnaise or mustard or both. Onions or pickles or both. You want your bun toasted? No, I'd just like to have my hamburger now. Steak, medium, rare, or mooed. Decisions. I know it never goes like this when you go out to eat. Where are we going? I don't know where you want to go. Uh, I really don't care. I'd really rather stay here. Uh, Mexican, Asian, American, burnt, rare. Everybody is filled with decisions. And the trouble with decisions is some of them are life changing. The decisions that you and I make today determines whether we'll be a victor or a victim. And today, if you are a victim, it's probably because of the decisions you made yesterday. I know many a man who woke up after their honeymoon and saw part of their wife on the table and said, I have become a victim. I did not know that all that came loose or come off or come out. I know many women who have done the same thing. Well, I thought that was your hair. Our decisions, our choices, determine whether or not we are a victim or a victor. Decisions about who to marry and not to marry. Decisions about kids. How many? How fast? How long? Decisions that changes our life. But the ultimate decision that you or I will ever make will be 
whether we spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. I cannot overemphasize your decision today will determine whether you're a victor or a victim. And in closing our Lord's first sermon and in concluding our Lord's teaching to his 12 chosen disciples, he chose to conclude that teaching with this. Watch this. Enter ye in the straight gate. Fellas, make sure you're saved. Why would Jesus do that to 12 disciples he chose? Because one of them was not saved. His name was Judas. The Bible terms him as the son of perdition. The Bible says of Judas, he died and went to his place. And in teaching those 12 disciples, the first church, he said, you've got a choice to make. Either the straight and narrow gate or the broad and easy gate. Oh, the ultimate decision that we'll ever make. Moses said these words, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. I wonder if my six children appreciate their daddy choosing life 50 years ago. I wonder if my six children who's on their way to hell, heaven today and love the Lord with all their heart and many of them, some of them are here today. I wonder if they appreciate me heeding Moses' words when he said, I've set before you life and blessing choose life that it might be well for you and your children you say uh, they don't act like they're saved I know but they're idiots but other than that they're okay Joshua said these words and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods of your fathers or the gods of the uh, land and who you live and But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jeremiah said unto this people, Thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I have set before you the way of life and the way of death. All through the Bible, the same theme keeps arising. Elijah said, uh, He came, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. In your Bible, if you notice something, Jesus did something very unusual. 
In verse 13 and 14, he said, there's two gates, a wide gate, a narrow gate, straight. In verse 13 and 14, two ways, broad, narrow. In Jesus' day, the Romans had built roads throughout all of the land that they had conquered. Have you ever heard the old saying, all roads lead to Rome? Roads were very important to the Roman Empire because they took troops and, and uh, cargo and goods across those roads. And there was broad roads that made it easy for uh, troops and uh, chariots and vehicles to, to go by. But yet there was a narrow path beside the roads where people walked. Jesus said there's a broad road, Interstate 20, Interstate 35. On that road, you don't have to be as cautious. You can put it in cruise control. You don't have to worry about stop signs. You don't have to be worried about obstructions. You just let the hammer down. Yesterday, we were working at the farm fixing some plumbing. And I asked Brother Lane to come out since he was a plumber to plumb. Don't you think that's a good idea? I was watching the plumber plumb. We had to go to Home Depot. If you do anything anymore, you got to go to Home Depot. I mean, if you're cooking cookies, you got to go to Home Depot. Huh? If you're going to kiss your wife, you got to go to Home Depot first. So we went to Home Depot. I've been pastoring this church for 30, almost 31 years. Living in Joshua for 35 or 36 years or something. Lane took us to Home Depot on the back roads of Joshua as if the law was looking for him. And every time we turned the corner, I looked to see if there's a red light behind us. And I did not want to say to Lane, toll road. Quick, easy, convenient, comfortable, getting adrift. No, Lane went down roads that was narrow. And lo and behold, we ended up in Home Depot. Two ways, broad, narrow. Verse 13 and 14, two destinations, life and destruction. Verse 13 and 14, two kinds of travelers, few and many. Verse 17 and 19, two kinds of trees, good and corrupt. Verse 17 and 19, two kinds of fruit, 
good and evil. Verse 24 and 26, two kinds of men, wise and foolish. Verse 24 through 29, two kinds of foundations, rock and sand. What's he trying to say? Be careful. The choice is yours. You must make a choice. You say, well, I don't have to make a choice. You already made one. By not choosing one, you've automatically chose the other. Notice, if you would please, the causeway, the highway, the path, the trail, the road. Jesus says, enter ye in. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. See, there's two roads. A broad road of sin, verse 13. The popular way. The easy way. The comfortable way. The fun way. The easy way. The political, political correct way. Yeah. The broad way. How many folks do you think that believe there are many ways? I mean, it's not. It don't make common sense that there be so many religions. That believes so many different things. And yet be so narrow as to say there's only one way. It would surprise you to the uttermost how many folks in this auditorium today believe that you don't need to go to heaven through Jesus if you're good enough. And all your good works outweighs your bad works. That automatically gets you to heaven. Well, you'd be surprised how many folks think that muddy water on an empty head will wash your sins away. You'd be surprised how many folks believe that if you're of a certain denomination, that automatically gets you to heaven. But Jesus said, broad is the way, easy is the way, set it on cruise control, let the hammer down, after all. (laughs) Common sense will teach you that God would not cast anybody into hell as good as we are. Well, just think if God throwed us into hell, we'd have to be thrown into hell in our religious suit. How silly it is to think that we've got to make a choice. But Jesus said, there are two ways. 
One our way, the other his way. The one is common sense way, the other is the Bible way. And by the way, if you was going to leave for heaven today, which direction would you go in? And what kind of vehicle would you get in to get there? And how much money would you need for gas to get there? You say, preacher, that's silly. No more silly than you to think there's any other way except his way. Amen. Amen. The causeway. Notice if you would please in closing the crowd, if you would please the crowds. Verse 13 says, many there be. Verse 13, many there be. Many there be that go in thereat. Many there be. What percentage? Hey, that baby sounds good, don't it? Going to be a preacher, already preaching in the auditorium. Have you seen these mega, mega, mega churches? Throngs of people. Joshua Baptist Church, throngs of people. Many there be that go in thereat, the broad road of destruction. Could I ask you a question in closing? Why should God let you into heaven? Uh, Why in God's name of all the people on the face of the earth, why should God let you into heaven? Many are on the highway to destruction. Many are born on that highway. All are born on that highway. All are sinners. All have come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Many there be that's on this highway. Look, if you would please, at the huge crowds that's getting in the convenient way, the comfortable way, the Christless way. I wonder why it is when any Bible-believing preacher is interviewed on television, they always ask them this question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? They always ask that. Have you noticed that? Oh, you haven't noticed that. You need to notice that. Because the devil's crowd are not politically correct. The Bible is correct. Notice if you would please, and I'd just like to notice some things. Today in society, it looks as though the blind are leading the blind. And the Bible says, many there be that go in. Now, let you and I observe the crowd on the broad road of destruction. Now, many of you would agree that probably there'll be drunks uh, in hell. And drug pushers, would you say amen? 
rapists and murderers. Would you say those will be the folks on the broad road to uh, destruction? Well, let's throw some preachers in there. You want to? And some priests that have been molesting little boys and all these many years and got away with it. And atheists and agnostics and Buddhists and Muslims and maybe a few Catholics we could throw in there. And a whole bunch of Baptists. Maybe some church members. Would you believe there's people sitting right here today with a Bible in their lap on their way to hell. You say, not me. I hope not. Even today, listen to my voice. With a Bible in the pew in front of you, Listen to the songs like there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Fifty years ago, I took a dip in the blood of Jesus Christ and his blood has washed all my sins away. And that, that verb, is a verb that carries with it this. And if we walk in the light, as he is the light, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And the verb cleanses is in the present tense, and it means it not only cleanses once, but continually cleanses, and continually cleanses. As I walk in the light, Every day the blood of Christ cleanses me from my sin. You haven't got that. You're on the wrong road. You say, preacher, how do I know I'm on the wrong road? How easy is it? Can you just punch cruise control in your life? <laughs> and you don't have to make any decisions about being faithful to church, about what you wear about where you go, what you drink, what you chew, who you spit on. Hello. Amen. Boy, I tell you, I thought this would be a better sermon than this, but kind of going over like, like a, well, I don't know what. Verse 14, the crowd, few there be that go in. Few. Notice verse 14. The Bible said, because straight is the gate, Narrows the way which leadeth unto what? Life, not destruction. Leadeth unto life. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And few there be that find it. Few. Few. Uh, you know why few find it? Because it's not a very popular way. It's not a very easy way. Uh, it, 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 it's not... What you say, it's not very intelligent to think that God, who probably is not real anyhow, became a baby and was born in Bethlehem. Have you ever seen 
that country. That is the ugliest country I've ever seen. I don't know why Jesus didn't decide to be born in the Smoky Mountains. At least it'd be pretty, amen. But uh, the ugliest geographical area in the world, a God that we can't see, became a baby that we can see. And couldn't afford a motel room and had to be born in a stable. In the ugliest country I've ever seen. Arrayed in obscurity. Nailed to a cross. Thrown in a borrowed hole. And the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven on a glory cloud, seated at the right hand of God the Father today, and waiting for the summons to come back and take us out of this mess. That's not the easiest thing in the world to sell. In fact, some of you are having trouble with it right now. You know why? Narrow, difficult, inconvenient hard to explain unintelligent after all we're an educated society when I was raised as a kid everybody's stupid in the country we believe this we believed it so much that my forefathers and my kinfolk if, if a sudden tree fell in the woods and a great noise erupted they just knew Jesus was coming back Everybody was looking for Jesus to come back. Of course, that's before we got so smart, intelligent, and politically correct. Few believe that story. But thank God I do. Every word of it. Two ways. Two crowds, two consequences. Two consequences. Like it or not, lump it or not, Jesus said, broad road leads to destruction. What's he talking about destruction? Death. 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 Not physical death. Spiritual death. The Bible said, And whosoever was now found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of what? Which is the second death. Now, I don't have time to talk to you about it. But my Bible says, In hell, a man lift up his eyes, being in torment in those flames. I believe that. I believe there's a literal place where the they who choose the wrong road, those who choose To remain in their sin. Those who choose to take the comfortable way. The convenient way. One day. 
you'll hear, depart from me. Ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. And then there's that narrow way that leads to life. To life. Life. In the present tense, John 10, 9 says, Jesus, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundant. Did you know if you choose that narrow road, that narrow path, that narrow gate, that's the way to abundant life. Life with peace. Life with energy. Life with help. Life that's worth living. Life that's worth passing along to the children. Life that is a blessing to not only you, but to everybody around you. Life that is beneficial. Life that leaves a legacy. Life that changes people. Life that changes time. Life that changes eternity. Life more abundant. I know most of you don't know Brother Markham. He sits right up in front. He's that guy right there. <laughs> you probably do not know that we have a Bible institute, a seminary where that you can learn the Bible and get your degree. Brother, Brother, Mar- Brother Markham is enrolled in our seminary. It ain't helping him, but he's enrolled. <laughs> and in our seminary, we try to teach not only how to convey Verbally, but we try to teach how to convey literally and and literature and to write. And we have a course in titled, If I Can Write, You Can Write. And I was grading this paper this week. And the title of his paper is, Don't Lose Your Cheese. Well, I knew he was a rat. Because I've been talking to his wife. But that, that captured my attention. Don't lose your cheese. Get the drift? Until if you lost your cheese, if you lost your smile. Abundant life. Don't lose cheese. Abundant life flows from the inside out, not the outside in. The broad road is dependent upon exterior situations to keep the cheese. The narrow road produces a cheese from inside. And I am come, Jesus said, that they might have life and have it more abundant. Life? Oh, yes. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Oh, by the way, the title of my sermon today was Souls at the Crossroads. Souls. We're not only talking about your body. We're talking about that eternal part of you that will never, 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 never cease to exist. The soul. Please let me caution you and caution myself. Be cautious. Verse 15 and 16, beware. You shall know them by their fruits. Be cautious. Be careful. Verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God. Be cautious. Be careful. Be wise. Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a, what kind of man? Wise man. Be cautious. Be careful. Be wise.